Holy fucking Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, hopefuls at home, welcome to the Worst Movies We Am podcast. This is my beautiful wife, Natalie. And I am Bobby Carroll. This episode, we have just watched Porky's 2 the next day. From what year, Natalie? 1983. I think we've got a reverse Porky situation here. Your ass could suck the water out of a canal. Natalie, tell the people at home what the Worst Movies Beyond podcast is all about. So Bobby and I are married. We watch a lot of films together. And uh, we have decided to watch the very worst DVDs we own according to the average rating each film has received on the website Letterboxd. So we're hoping that some of these low-rated films will actually surprise us and not be so terrible after all. So we're watching each one with an open mind, even the ones we've seen before, hoping for the absolute best. Uh, we've not bought any of these films specifically for the podcast. It's a mixture of things we've accrued over the years, uh, box sets, uh, sequels, charity shop finds, and things that we own that other people just don't seem to rate. Suck a dick. Are you telling me to suck a dick? Yeah, if you want to. No, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome to. Okay. Porky's team, the next day, is it a film you would have chosen to have watched? I don't think so. Okay. No. <laughs> I mean, it, the the... It was unlikely I would have ever watched Porky's again, and I couldn't bring myself to watch Porky's in the run-up to watching the sequel. Yeah, we, did, we, did, we didn't do any uh, bonus extra credit homework, did we? We just went straight no. into Porky's 2 the next day. It was okay, though, because at the beginning of Porky's 2, you do get a little kind of recap of what happened in Porky's. What they would have called in Funhouse, a rerun of the fun. But Kim Cattrall didn't appear in any of the scenes. No, they probably couldn't afford Kim Cattrall's contract yeah. at that point. Uh, did you, when watching those classic moments from the uh, the hit comedy Porky's, think, God, we should have watched Porky's 1? No. <laughs> but, they didn't match up to my memory of Porky's. So in a way, my curiosity has been stoked as to, well, should I watch Porky's again? Clearly I've not, I've, I've misremembered it. Um, but the clips that they showed if they are the high points of Porky's. Yeah. Everyone's favourite bits. Yeah, I don't really... Um, I remember... I bothered. I remember from Porky's 1, and I haven't seen it since 30 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, them putting their penises through mm-hmm. a hole after peeking, poking, yeah. peeking ladies in the shower, which gave you a bit of nudity, and, you know, is what Porky's is famous for, the, the peeping through a hole. Yeah. Uh, and... Then falling into some water after visiting a whole house. Yeah. That's all I remember from it. Yeah, yeah. The, the shower, the bit where they're spying on the girls in the shower is yeah. it, the it, famous bit. The it? famous bit. It's, yeah. it's, it's your classic Porky's. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, before we start discussing Porky's to the next mm-hmm. day, is there anything in particular you'd like to get off your chest? Um, I wasn't looking forward to watching this, and I'm quite relieved that we're done with it. Um... But I will say that it, whilst it's a terrible film, there are there were a few moments I enjoyed, which is more that I can say, more than I can say for some of the films we've watched. I'm sure there's. This is what I like to call a subgenre called arsehole raunch, where oh. you get a group of arseholes yeah. in a situation where they try and fuck people of the opposite sex more often male to female, mm-hmm. and they play pranks, and they're generally arseholes. It's very American. Yeah, it's and the video shops were full of these in the 80s and early 90s of these mm-hmm. kind of films, and you occasionally see them have a little comeback uh, as a genre. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan, even though there's a couple of films that you 
you could classify as this that I do kind of like or have mm. a nostalgic feeling for. It's one of my least favourite uh, genres and probably some of it you won't see much of anymore given how uh, tastes and attitudes have moved on over the last couple of years of the idea of watching five white guys coerce women into sex and bully other people mm. probably isn't going to be something we see very often at the cinema anymore. No, uh, no, I suppose not. I'm going to give you a list of what I consider the the highlights or the most famous of the uh, the arsehole raunch genre are, and you tell me whether you'd rent them from Selector Video. Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, so we've got uh, Animal House. Yeah, I like Animal House. I don't. Yeah, um, th- there's quite a lot of um, quite a lot of totty in Animal House. Okay, Kevin Bacon. Ke- Kevin Bacon, Mark Metcalf, um, Tim Matheson. Tim Matheson from The yeah. West Wing, and the guy who's been in Sopranos recently. Uh, I can't remember his name. Oh, Peter Rygert. Yeah, Peter Rygert. Yeah, okay, yeah. right. Uh, you say recently as if everyone's what, still watching episodes of The Sopranos being yeah. broadcast every week. We're, we're, we're watching The Sopranos again. Um, stripes? Never seen it. Never seen it. I Bill Murray, Howard Ramis, John Candy, Bill Paxton, Warren Oates, Stripes. Yeah, I would definitely rent that. That's probably one of the best of its form. Just haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, Meatballs? Another Bill Murray? I'd, well, if you've got Bill Murray and I'd rent it, wouldn't I? Yeah. But, but this isn't Bill Murray being sarcastic, cool guy Bill Murray. He's kind of like a, a bit like he's in our next entry, Caddyshack. Oh, no, I've seen Caddyshack twice yeah, and it's, it's enough. Yeah. And then the worst thing about Caddyshack is it's kind of older guys mm. behaving like this, which, yeah, would be danger filled. I mean, not that anyone in Porky's is particularly young. No, <laughs> we'll <laughs> but get into that. <laughs> Police Academy. Oh, God, no. Oh, uh, see, you know. I, I know on rewatches recently, the Police Academy franchise doesn't hold up, but the first four have a special place in my heart. I think uh, it's the kind of thing, though, if you grow up with it, yeah. you probably have more of an affection for it. Um, I, I didn't, wasn't mm. allowed to watch Police Academy. It's a good collection so. of freaks, is what I'd say. Got nerds yeah. and freaks and losers. I like Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Who wouldn't want to see a film where he can shine? Uh, Ski Patrol. No, I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's one of the worst ones. Uh, but always something in Philadelphia did a spoof oh, of it. I see. And it's quite a spot on spoof as well. Okay. Uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, no, I've not seen that. Would you watch that He's one, though? It. Anthony Edwards, I think, is in oh, the Nerds. No. And I want to say someone like, what's his name, Eugene Dietz or something like that, isn't it, too? But, okay. Yeah. No, uh, they did right. like five of those. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, weird Science. I like Weird Science. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Paxton again. I don't need to rent it. We, we own it. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, more Rats. Yeah. Oh, you really lump in More Rats in No, no. I, I would lump More Rats in it, but I think it's one of the best examples of it because it's done with just a little bit more self-awareness. A little bit more sensitivity towards maybe the female characters. Yeah. More Rats is a country mile better than all but the films that you've mentioned. They are a group of arseholes, the guys. Yeah, I suppose so. Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> what? Pretty much the same plot. It's a group of guys trying to fuck women, having a peep occasionally, a bit of cross-dressing, pranks. I've not seen it since it came out. Yeah, um, I'm guessing that's the plot of Shakespeare in Love. I don't remember what it was really about either. Oh, well then, oh, you're just being awkward, aren't I'm you? I'm throwing a curveball Yeah. Away. Okay, right. Uh, American Pie? Yeah, I was wondering when American Pie was mm. going to crop up, because to me that is sort of, you the know, evolution 15 of years stories. after this, yeah. but it's... It's so much, much better. Yes, it is. Even, even the ropey sequels are better than the films that originated it. Yeah, yeah. And I think, even though the guys are still assholes in general, 
there's a lot more, again, sensitivity and care put into some of the female characters, which makes it... Uh, and they're allowed to enjoy themselves a lot more. Yeah. And rather just be sexual objects. Yeah, yeah. Which is what makes the American Pie films kind of stand out. Yeah. Uh, House Bunny. I love House Bunny. Female version of this. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and a Pharisee's number. Yeah, Emma, Emma Stone early role. Yeah. Speaking of which, super bad. I saw it once half asleep and hated it, but people keep telling me how good Superbad is. I feel like I should watch it again. It is again. quite funny. It is quite funny, Superbad. Mm. It's well worth a double check. Okay. Uh, and the last two, we haven't seen Blockers, but it seems to be of that ilk again, but mm. girls doing it. Okay. And Booksmart. See, Booksmart, again, it's it's a much more sophisticated film than it is. Do you feel when they reverse the genders, it actually works a lot better as a... As a as a type of film. I think it does, but I don't think it's just the gender reversal that makes it better. I don't, I, Book, Booksmart's clearly a better written film. It's yeah. funnier and has more to say. So you, you wouldn't sort of... You've not mentioned Super Troopers, which is that similar kind of frat boy without university. It does, do it but do you know what? I I think what... It's probably similar to Morats. I think what makes Super Troopers slightly different is you can see why all the characters are friends and why they all like each other with the exception of maybe one character. Mm. They... It's a group of guys who get along and hearts are in the right place. Whereas, I don't think I'd trust the cast of Porky's with a drunk woman by herself. <laughs> no. And a lot of these other films as well, they do have that end of, we are watching the preamble to a date rape. Yeah, but there are other types of films and other genres which have that issue as well. I mean, look at Sweet Six, uh, Sixteen, 16 Candles, Candles, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, you know, there's, mm. there's a lot of borderline rape in American <laughs> teenage films. Thankfully, um, seems to have stopped. Cool. Okay. Well, we, we've covered the genre. Yeah. And I mean, like I say, there, there are films that are good that come under this kind of umbrella, but it's really not something that I particularly enjoy. It's also set aside from other films that are about teenagers and young adults in that it's not a coming of age film because by the end of the film no one has learned anything oh god no so no one's matured no one's come to terms with anything they might have lost their virginity but yeah. that isn't you know they've not become a better person even though bizarrely this plays lip service to some quite big issues at times <laughs> like, oh yeah <laughs> i think we'll discuss that in the, yeah. in the next part of the podcast but like kind of there's some stuff in here that you go oh you're going that way really yeah. not too far but you really it seems like an interesting path for you to be going down yeah. <laughs> considering what you are as a film <laughs> <laughs> um cool would you like to tell the hopefuls at home what the plot of porky's to the next day is yeah so um having finally popped his cherry at the end of porky's uh, Pee-wee, Pee-wee, the main character, the hero of the piece. Who, what would you say Pee-wee looks like? He looks like Mike Bushell from the news. Like for the, the BBC the news. BBC the little guy news. does the sports. Yeah. yeah. I think he's he's like if Peter McNichol and Kevin Dillon had a baby. Oh. But that baby lived maybe 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. I can yeah. see it. Yeah. He does have that qual- those qualities. Um Anyway, he's, he's lost his virginity and he wants to try and assert his status as a stud by getting his friends laid. And that's what you think the plot's going to be, because that's like the first ten minutes. But then it, it becomes something completely different. It's actually about Pee-wee and his friends wanting to put on an evening of Shakespeare, yeah. but being thwarted <laughs> by religious fundamentalists and the KKK, who've got an issue with the fact that Romeo is being played by Native American. Yeah. So they then all band together, the kids, to take down the, the preacher and the local government and the KKK. Yeah, because there's a little bit of political corruption in whether the play's going to happen or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
yeah. becomes something very different. Yeah, I mean, it's all, I checked at what time watching it. Oh God, the cl- there's a plot, <laughs> and it's literally after half an hour of just like formless nonsense. Yeah. Suddenly, a baddie turns up, and there's a plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, do we like some facts and figures about Porky's Tea the next day? Mm. The good thing is this is very much that period where there's not a lot of data out there because, you know, it's not popular enough cult item, but people have kind of researched it and equally, um, you know, box office records weren't really kept as uh, stringently by 83. By 84, you start to get, like, proper weekends and stuff this like that. This got a cinema release. Oh, yeah. this wow. The weekend this was out, you could have seen at the cinema already out uh, Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. Octopussy, mm-hmm. Trading Places, Superman <gasps> 3. This opened on the same weekend as Twilight Zone the movie and did better than wow. Twilight Zone the movie, which is directed by Spielberg and Landis. And... Can you imagine being at the cinema and looking at the screen and deciding whether they're going to go and see Trading Places or Porky's 2? Yeah. You even get more boobs in Trading Places. <laughs> uh, you get a lot less D, though. No, there's, there's loads of middle-aged D. Yeah. <laughs> there's proper aubergine. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit old, withered. Mm. Probably should be thrown out aubergine mm. in, in, in Porky's D the next day. Yeah. For the ladies. I know. <laughs> Um, Book is to the next day, 1983. Um, you're going to be fascinated by what I'm about to say. Okay. Directed by, and also co-written by Bob Clark. Yeah, I don't know who that is. You do. Who is Direct Bob one of your favourite films, darling. What did he direct? He directed Black Christmas. Ooh! Is um, he a Canadian, then? I, I haven't done that much research on him, but yeah, okay. I guess so. He also directed The Baby Geniuses, the uh, first Porky's film, mm. and The Christmas Story, which was made in the same year, and is in, in America is considered one of the best Christmas films ever. Okay. It's like a little boy having a really rubbish Christmas mm-hmm. um, in the 50s. Okay. Uh, and the reason he wanted to make that was the reason why he decided to cash in and make Porky's 2. Right. That the studio was willing to put the budget up for Christmas Story if he made a Porky's 2. Okay. So, Seems like a sensible plan then. Yeah. It's revered in America. Oh, it is. It's considered a five-star classic over there. Yeah. We, we just don't really seem to have access to it quite so much over here. Right. Um, also written by Roger E. Swaybill and Alan Ormsby. Oh, it was written. <laughs> okay. Three guys put all the effort in. <laughs> yeah. Starring... Dan Monaghan, Wyatt, and uh, no one cares. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it is one of those things where like 20 names appear in the credits at the beginning. I don't recognise a single No one. one's gone on to do anything else apart no. from the Porky's trilogy because there was another one yeah. after this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. obviously there have been in other things, but nothing you've heard of, nothing you'd bother looking at or renting. Um, I don't know where you're going on. None of them are particularly good. No, I know, but I mean, well, we'll get on to that. Yeah, we've got questions we'll cover, but yeah. I mean... There's, there's no one in here you go, oh, I wonder what happened to them, you know. Mm. Por- Porky's bought their house, or at least made their agents very rich. Okay. Uh, I think that would be that. Uh, it opened, it cost $7 million to make, and it made about that in its opening weekend. In North America, it topped out at $33 million. Around the world, $55 million. Right. Um, nowhere near as good as uh, Porky's one's $105 million it made in America alone. Wow. So it was seen as a little bit of a disappointment, but I think if you have seen Porky's and gone, we made 105 million off that somehow, and you double down and bet again, mm-hmm. and you make half that money off 7 million, you should be very happy with yeah. your studio. You've got away with murder twice. Yes. Double jeopardy, in my opinion. Um, it's got an internet movie database score of 5.1, which is not great, but not, not the, de- the depths we've seen on the internet movie database. Mm. On Letterboxd, 
unsurprisingly, they're not, <laughs> they're not a big fan of early 80s and uh, toxic masculinity, and it's got a 2.4. I'm surprised people have even watched this since that website started. <laughs> Who's watching Poppy Sick? Who's watching? We are. We watched it. Yeah, I know, but for a reason. <laughs> for a reason. We had it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's another one of my Stag 2 DVDs. Yes. That, like, uh, I was given Stag, a DVD from everyone who came on my stag do as kind of a gift for me to cherish. Which was a really lovely idea. Really loved it. And they all signed inside. And uh, Luke, my best man, got me Porky's 1 and 2, which was a really, really uh, bad idea. But I love you, Luke. (laughs) (laughs) Let's have a little break and we will discuss in depth Porky's 2 the next day. Yeah. (laughs) Natalie, Porky's 2 the next day. Yeah. What did you like? Right. I liked and disliked the serious messages in the film (laughs) in equal measure because I didn't expect them Yeah, and a lot of it didn't work and I think a lot of it kind of trivialises big problems by sticking them in what is a a comedy film and isn't really pretending to be anything else. Um, But I will say, so the first 10 minutes of the film... uh, Pee Wee wakes up and he's there's like some horrible joke about him measuring his penis and yeah, I think that's from the first film. It's a it's a running joke. Okay, yeah. um, and he's not woke. He doesn't have morning glory because he's um, he's had sex. He's had sex at last. Yeah, um, and you think, oh god, this is going to be really terrible. Adrian Mole used to measure his penis and keep a chart of it. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay, I, I don't. I'm not Adrian. I I never did, and you'd think since I grew up in the era of. Porky's and Adrian Mole, every teenage boy would be measuring how big their erection is. You never you never measured it? Oh, no, I definitely measured my piece, but I haven't kept, like, a chart, a bar chart, or a... All right. A pie chart. Fair enough. Girl. How would a pie chart work? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and then he goes off to school and his friends are teasing him. And then the main joke for the first ten minutes is that he's going around trying to find uh, the easiest girl in school so, his so that his friends can get laid. Yeah. And every time he asks a boy in the school who the easiest girl is, who the easiest lay is, they say Wendy Williams, which is his girlfriend. And to me, it's the only joke that worked in the film. <laughs> I, both times it happened, I chuckled. I thought, that is a good joke. Don't think I really laughed again throughout the film. But... <laughs> but that leads into what I think is actually a really nice bit where mm. the girl, Wendy, who he's, he's now dating... They're having a conversation together and he says, look, you know, I'm so disappointed. All these boys are saying how easy you are. Mm. And she explains basically how it happens. A girl gets a reputation, what it really means. Mm. And she even, I think she says something like, um, if I like someone, I sleep with them. Mm. And I've liked three, you know, I've, yeah. I've liked three people. And, and I think that's a really a nice bit. And it's probably quite an accurate view of what happens with girls in school. Yeah. Um, I, I, I completely agree. I think... Possibly the guy who plays Pee Wee maybe doesn't have the chops to bring the scene off as well as the get does. No, he doesn't. He's <laughs> so creepy. Yeah, it doesn't so help. Creepy. He's probably got a mortgage already. I don't know. It, it's the darkness of his eyes. It's, he's got really dark circles around his eyes. I think the, the, the first scene you see him in the daylight and a guy mm. goes up, you see his crow's feet and you think, how many classes did you miss that you're still in high school? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, none of, like you said, none of them look young, but he does look 10 years older than everyone else. It's, it's like uh, Sonny in Greece. Like, he looks really <laughs> fucking old. Yeah. Like, the rest of Greece, you're willing to kind of suspend this belief, even though you know, 
John Travolta's yeah. 30. And, yeah. But Sunny is like, oh, you're closer to your pension than you are high school. <laughs> yes. Um, I also think... In the interactions where it's just the teenage boys kind of like hanging out and taking the piss out of each other, whilst it's not funny and it's not for me, I think it's quite accurate. They seem quite at ease with each other um, and the way they talk to each other is, I would imagine, the way 17-year-old boys talk to each other. I think most of us, when we're teenage boys, aren't quite so rude to each other constantly. I think that's maybe something that movies... Uh, force onto teenage boys that you know you're supposed to have this amazing great banter where you're constantly insulting each other or mm. questioning each other's masculinity whereas real life you kind of get along a lot easier and nicer than that i'd, I'd definitely say like kind of, there's not so much negativity towards each other and it's the one thing i would say is accurate about their banter is it's pretty monotonous like they, they've got three or four things they say to each other and it's just variations of those three or four things constantly yeah but again I would imagine that is what teenage boys are like because mm. you know they're, they're no Oscar Wilde or Truman Capote in no. terms of their wit yeah I mean certainly there's a lot more laughter in this film than there are jokes <laughs> they're yeah. laughing at each other a lot yeah um, like over the top I don't want to sound too much like Fraser Crane but yes there's a certain masculine bonhomie there's <laughs> a bonhomie <laughs> Uh, what, what I would say my problem is with the the cast of boys away from Pee Wee is mm. they are so nondescript that it's quite difficult to tell who's who yeah. f- from scene to scene. There's one of them who's slightly nicer, seems to get along with the, the girls and Pee Wee a little bit better than the others. And when they're in a group, I can't tell which one that is. But when he's on his own with Pee Wee and the girl, you can say, oh, he's mm. the one that's not so bad. Yeah, by, by the end of the film, I just about had, had it down, but there was only one whose name... I actually, I could name. Because he had your... Because he had the same (laughs) name as me, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it it, it was really difficult. Um, I mean, really, in a way, it's kind of like all of his friends are like Chris Klein. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Finger on nose point to you, that is incredibly accurate when we talk about Chris Klein in uh, American Pie or Election. Yeah. (laughs) Um... And the only one of them who takes his clothes off, though I don't, obviously I don't want to objectify people. Of course because, you can. Of course you, I mean, that's fancy people still. Well, I, I, you know, the, there was a prolonged scene in this where one of them gets completely naked. You see everything. It's if you're paying attention, Pee-wee, yeah. yeah. Um, but he is like the, the one, the least interesting Attractive. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. He's called Pee-wee for a reason, and it's not because he's he's built. Yeah, no, no decision has been made there where they thought let's let's throw something in for the girls, you know, the dates who've been dragged mm. along to see this instead of training. Yeah, it's not like Devil's Advocate, which we watched last night, where there's something for everyone. Something for literally Just everyone. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that would you know it would have been nice to see, and then you do you get loads and loads of nudity towards the end. Yeah, male uh, nudity. Male nudity, but they're all like white 50 year old overweight uh, racist I get the feeling an ad was put in the newspaper saying do you like getting nude can you play a racist <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would guess a lot of old bears turned up yeah. a lot of those guys are you know from the scene uh, don't know where really? it, I would guess I would guess they're gay guys yeah oh no uh, yeah, just happy happy with their form and themselves well done then okay yeah well 
There's one one of them is a bit younger, but he seems to always be in the middle of the crowd. You yeah, don't see anything. Yeah, but the rest of us surrounded him. <laughs> <laughs> like he looks terrified actually in one, the, in one of the scenes. So yeah, maybe maybe there's a lot more going on there that we don't realise. And the, we're talking about a crowd scene with lots of action going on. They stay nude for at least <laughs> ten minutes to film. They must have been days and days filming that yeah. that, that particular scene. But if they filmed it in Florida, where it's set, oh, it's sure, palmy nice evening. Yeah, no yeah. one had you know particularly shrunk. No. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> uh, okay anything else you liked about Porky's it doesn't sound um, like there's a lot of positives you've covered there yeah I mean once the plot gets going and it is about them deciding that they're gonna um, get their revenge on, on the various different types of arsehole um, who've appeared in the first half of the film yeah, it's left very much to the end and one of the scenes is really long there's a scene in a restaurant where they're trying to show up a politician by making it seem that he's had sex with a 17-year-old girl. Mm. Um, and it goes on forever. Whereas the the KKK bit, which is actually quite a serious bit, when they confront them in the gym mm-hmm. um, and surround them and make them feel small, um, is done really quickly, but that's actually a better bit. Um, I, I, a more positively earned victory is what I'd say. Yeah. I... I I'll admit, even though I didn't find it particularly funny because it was quite facile, the uh, the big long restaurant sequence where the girl gets her revenge on a politician who wants to string her along, mm. uh, and she's around a bunch of poshos. I enjoyed because it was the closest we had throughout the film to a proper comedy performance. Well, yeah, I mean, but it was because of her. Yeah, she's very, very energetic yeah. and over the top. Yeah, um, she even got to say some of the boys' lines, but better. While yeah, doing it, which yeah, is nice. that's true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's always nice seeing our souls getting getting the comeuppance, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, what I would say about the serious issues it brings up. So we we tackle a little bit of uh, racism towards Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Not entirely sure why that character wasn't a black kid. Maybe because in the year it's set, that wouldn't have been believable. Yeah, even though it doesn't probably. particularly strike me as a film that cares about these kind of things. Um, mm. Or. And then so you've got the KKK, you've got corrupt politicians, which could be the plot of any comedy film for corrupt politicians. You could, mm. uh, you've got the uh, Bible basher who wants to um, stop culture from happening in mm-hmm. schools because it's not religiously positive. But we'll talk about Shakespeare. Mm. Uh, so all these things, you get the feeling that it is kind of reaching towards quite serious issues. And, and blatantly so, it's not doing it under the under the table. It's, you know, it is bringing up quite serious things but in such a casual, basic way. Um, it would be as if, like, kind of, you're watching a Fast and the Furious film, and suddenly they had a half hour time out where they discussed the rights of trans people. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just not the forum for it. The audience hasn't bought a ticket for it. Uh, the the actors don't seem particularly like they care. The writing's not there. It, it's thrown in for God knows what reason. Yeah, it's strange as well because they have quite a good villain in the pastor, the Reverend. Mm. Um, he's like an over the top southern yeah. kind of like Colonel Sanders looking, yeah. you know, Bible basher. Um, and A ridiculous character. He's ridiculous. Mm. But, I mean, yeah, simplify things and just make him the baddie, I would yeah. have thought. I would say the big problem with the film as a whole is any scene where one character will do, they'll have eight characters. Mm. Uh, so there's probably you could probably use two of the lads easily. Yeah. Uh, if you, could, you only need one politician you don't need four of them you only need you know it, it, even the gym scene with the kids there's two gym te- three gym teachers yeah. and 
eight girls doing gymnastics when you could have just had two. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. What was the extras budget on this? This is like, it's lavish, the amount of people who are in certain scenes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe they filmed at a school and... Everyone got to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or people got their acting cards or whatever by being in more than one. I don't know. Uh, Bob Clark, the director, was one of the extras. as one of the KK Go Bates. Oh, okay. I don't know if he's one of the new ones, but I guess so. Oh, wow. So he's, he's confident in himself, isn't he? Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Don't see Steven Spielberg getting out, do you? Certainly not. No. <laughs> <laughs> His little Kate Capshaw out. <laughs> uh, anything else? No, not really. It's just, it's not my type of comedy. It's not, you know... Th- there were a few times when I chuckled. Do you like jokes and wit and things? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a lot of setup and very little punchline in yeah, this. You, you see it going somewhere and then it's never it's never better than you expect. It's always a disappointment. Um, I think one thing I did like. Mm. Um, they have their Shakespeare play, and it's quite quite lavish productions when we get to actually mm. and. In just occasional shots, it reminded me of like a Michael Powell Emmerich Pressburger film. Oh yeah, because like, the colours, yeah, and the costumes the, and yeah. stuff like that. And it clearly has an ambition beyond. Same as when one of the characters pretends to be a zombie for a prank, the makeup's better than it needs to be. Yes. For that kind of film, the acting, the performance of the kid doing the zombie. Oh no. Oh no, yeah, it's really awkward. <laughs> but, but, and, and they keep going back to it. <laughs> but the makeup is very good, and so the. So certain parts of production design are clearly someone who loves visual cinema. Yeah. Even though he is making a Portuguese film. Yeah. <laughs> and he's found a way to almost crowbar it in by having, oh, they're going to do a Shakespeare play and the kid's going to be really into doing Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there we go. What didn't you like? I found it uh, quite difficult to follow. It, it, it didn't feel like I was watching a film because of the lack of plot until maybe the last half an hour. So there were times when I thought I'd missed something or I'd lost the thread. I didn't know what was going on. The, wi- the It's a film of two halves where in the first half you have um, a lot of the storyline given over to him like a, like a prank being pulled in a cemetery with a prostitute. But then it ends up being twisted around and the prank is played on... Pee Wee, who was mm. the guy who was trying to do the prank in the first place, and it was like, I, I have no idea what's going on. I wonder what's going through the character of the prostitute's head while all this was happening because uh, she's taking money from both parties, mm-hmm. she's pranking both sides. How does she pick which faction she's going for? Is it the better prank she wants to be part of? Has someone <laughs> paid more than the other side? Like, I suppose it's just the second mm, offer she got, she went with. That's not very honourable, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, but then I suppose, you know. And what they're doing isn't very honourable either, is it? How the scene plays out is she pretends to die so Pee-wee thinks he's fucked her to death. Yeah. And then there's a very lengthy discussion about how they're going to get Pee-wee off for his murder mm-hmm. and dispose of the body. And then she's carried away to somewhere else in the cemetery so she can stop giggling. Because mm-hmm. she's finding it very funny as well. Yeah. As is everyone, even though Pee-wee's very much believing the prank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it ends with... Pee-wee running nude past the police car and the zombie kid annoying a police car. We never really find out what happens to uh, Graveyard Gloria, uh, the prostitute who's just in her knickers and left somewhere else in the graveyard with no ride home. And two hunters. Two hunters shooting at other people. (laughs) I think maybe it's best not to think about it. I mean, 
far be it from me to say Porky's team the next day is misogynist, but once she's served her purpose, she is disposed of very quickly. <laughs> they probably carried a bear and a tree and gave her a nice new set of clothes and sent and her on away. Ordered her a taxi because it seems yeah. to be out in the bayou or somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very creepy fake graveyard. Yeah. Uh, what else didn't you like? What else didn't I like? Um, some of the jokes are like. So it's not even just that they're dated, although they are, but so unfunny, yet they come back again and again. Like there's a tall, skinny lad who's playing in the Shakespeare evening and he's playing Oberon and his friends think it's hilarious because Oberon's a fairy king. Yeah. So they keep calling him a big fairy yeah. and then Puck, someone else gets cast as Puck and they call him a little fairy yeah. and they keep saying it and laughing like it's funny, but it's not. It's not, and it wasn't really back then, but what I will say is the amount of dialogue to get to the point where a character says Big Fairy or King of the Fairies, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's labyrinthine. Well, do you know what? And I, I Clearly this isn't the case because it's had, it's had three writers, but one of the other things that I particularly didn't like is, is the awkwardness and, and the fact that the dialogue is so stilted. To me, it feels a lot of the scenes feel like those, you know, those improv things you did in drama class. Oh, yeah. Where you'd just, you'd, you'd start going with something and see where it ended up. And you would end up laughing because you'd be trying to be funny and it'd be embarrassing and, and it'd all kind of fizzle off at the end and, and that'd be it. Yeah. End scene. This is so many scenes in this film are like that. But you you still still see that in American comedies now, like Joe Basharel or Seth Rogen or uh, James Franco. They have they they make their films that are proper well scripted blockbusters. They're really good. Occasionally they make a film that just feels completely improvised, and eighty nine percent of it is just fucking garbage. Of mm. and you're sitting there for it, going, "Ah, oh, this isn't the film I was sold on. This is just them riffing, and they're not really." Great improvisers. Well, no one is, right? No one is. So I don't understand why so many Edinburgh shows every year are improvisation and people pay like £12 to go and see people tit about and not be funny. Yeah. Because if it's not written down and you don't have any jokes, you do, you have no guarantee that's going to be funny. You're going to be sat there for an hour just feeling awkward. Well, two things, like live improv isn't particularly improvised. It's a set of questions that they can build into a formula yeah. and they kind of almost know what they're doing. It's, you know... Whose line is it anyway? You know, they've rehearsed any eventuality before they've walked on stage in front of an audience. Oh, yeah, even then, on the Whose line is it anyway? He's very good. Mm. But then, even like kind of really good sketch group like Pappy's, who, who are mainly scripted, mm-hmm. Pappy's Fun Club, they allow themselves little breakout points that they know are going to happen where they can just kind of comment on this particular show or things that have mm-hmm. gone wrong. And they call it kind of their riff boxes. Right. And they know not to spend more than a minute or two doing the riffing part of the show. Yeah. Because then get back to the scripted part that's very, you know, very layered and clever. Yeah. Um, so it does feel like an actual show every time, but they've got a chance just to to break character. Yeah. Get, but, yeah, people who think, I am going to walk on stage for an hour uh, with nothing in my back pocket, I've never seen it work particularly well. No. Todd Barry, the very dry stand-up comedian from America, uh-huh. He did uh, a tour of all crowd work where he'd ask like really boring questions to people and then bounce back. And I believe that was very, very good. Right. But he's he's a very distinct personality to make that work. Mm-hmm. So that no matter how mundane the audience member he talks to is, he's ready for that. I, I've not seen many people do that very well. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I'm going to assume that no, that none of this film was improvised, but it very much felt like that, mm. and it felt like the worst type of improvisation, yeah. boring, and it's not going anywhere. Um, yeah. And it it meant that when one scene ended, it went to another one. There was no continuity. I mean, sometimes it was because the editing was completely just off, yeah. off the wall. It was they're doing the play, and then they're in the graveyard, and the same characters are back doing yeah. the play. Oh. It was. Calling it Porky's Tea the next day when it clearly takes place over months is <laughs> the weirdest thing in the world. Like we were we were twenty minutes in, it is night time already. How how is this going to just take place in twenty four hours? It really annoys me these kind of things. It really gets under my skin. You're mm-hmm. selling me a film called Porky's Tea the next day. I don't want to see you get past the next school bell. <laughs> yeah, that, just, just what I want. Anything else you didn't like? Um. I mean, the, no, but there are big the, the things that I've mentioned. I think are pretty damning things. Mm-hmm. The, the the plot, the characters, <laughs> the, the jokes. The jokes. <laughs> the <laughs> These are the issues the that I have. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, little factoid for you. Yeah. Abandoned island. Couldn't go see it in Ireland. I don't know if it Why? was the anti-religious themes oh. or the willies. Oh. Or the fact that too many young minds were warped by Porky's one, oh, uh, but so it was banned for a while, and then it was finally released, not as an eighteen, but a sixteen. Oh right, so, fair enough. I don't know if they took the willies out. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. I'm Down sure with it. this sort of thing. <laughs> Careful now. Anything else you want to talk about before we go into our regular questions? That, there's not a huge amount to say, is there? What do you think about the snake? Oh, the four snakes. So yeah. there's a bit with it. Oh well, yeah. So I mean, I, I like snakes in film. Yeah. Um, I, I love it whenever a snake crops up in a film. Yeah. It's a bit of fun in it. Um, we've we've got a friend who cannot watch a film with a snake in it. So you know, mm-hmm. like to the point where if if I've seen a film before him and he goes, "There's a snake in it," he won't go see it at cinema. Right. Okay. Well, absolutely terrified of it. it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm happy looking at a snake. I was similar back in my youth. I, I had real problems watching um, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Last Crusade. Yeah, imagine not being able to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, I watched the film, but I would turn away until my dad said... That's a long bit. Out of the... I know, it is a really long bit. Um, but it was, it was particularly the bit with the snake coming through the, the hole in the wall. Yeah, yeah. It really freaked like me out. Like a porky's kind of situation. Yeah, it was like a porky <laughs> situation. Uh, yeah, so in this, there's... There's a gym teacher who was in the first film as well, I think. Yeah. Um, and she is she's thrown a lot in with the religious fundamentalists, so they decide to get their own back on her by putting a snake up the water pipe so that it comes into the toilet when uh, she's doing a poo. And I, she's a horrible character, so you know I've got no sympathy for her. Mm. However, I had a phobia of toilet snakes. When I was younger, the snake that comes up the toilet. Snake that comes you up the toilet. Yeah, I used to. I couldn't go to the oh, toilet at night time. Yes, mm. yeah, because you wouldn't know. Um, I used to have to put the light on in the bathroom to go to the loo, so that I could check the toilet for toilet snakes before I went to the loo. Yeah, I, I don't have that problem anymore. I no, just, I just I, risk it. No, hope yeah. for the best. I I sometimes think, as a kid, you realise you're supposed to be scared of something. So you pick one of the obvious things. I used to be, it used to be spiders for me, but I've got no issue with spiders now at all. Yeah. And I think, in a way, it's like choosing your favourite colour or your favourite meal. That's what I'm scared of. That's what I don't like. And I wonder if people who carry that over to, with them as adults, not, not to be rude to them or belittle their fear at all, mm. is like, no, no, you should have grown up that by now. 
Yeah, um, but I mean, it's an irrational fear, isn't it? That's what a phobia is. So I was yeah, really into Bobby Brown and Kylie Minogue when I was a kid, but I, I'm not really yeah. anymore. <laughs> I've grown out of it. <laughs> 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 spiders, spiders don't shit me up. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so they use four different snakes. Yeah. In, there are four scenes with them holding this snake, and it is a wildly different snake in each scene. Almost as if the snake called his agent between shots and said, No, I don't want to be in this. One of them, the snake is twice the size of the snakes in the other scenes. Like, no one is believing that's the same snake. Well, to be honest, the first snake is very unruly. The one they take out of the box is already getting out of this box before they get to the point where they can get the box open. Yeah. So maybe he wasn't the best snake to be going up a pipe. Yeah, imagine, imagine how many tries they did with that unruly snake trying Before to get it. Before they got the snake. Let's try it with the snake. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, uh, it's not the best snake, anyway. It's not a rattlesnake. No, it was, it was exciting when a rattlesnake turns up in a film, yeah. innit? Yeah. Let's have a break. We'll go for our regular questions to see if we can turf up anything else, good or bad, about Porky's team the next okay. day. <laughs> okay, our regular questions. Who was the Michael Parks of the film when everyone else was collecting a paycheck who was putting in a great performance? Well, great is a bit excessive, but I think definitely the girl who Kaki played Hunter. Wendy Williams. Kaki? Kaki Hunter. K-I-K-I. Kaki Hunter. Kiki? K-A-K-I. Oh, Kaki. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I was right the first time. I just... Spelt it wrong. wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, yeah she... Uh, she's good at serious bits, she's good at delivering a joke, and she's got a bit of energy and sparkle yeah. about her. She was very likeable. Uh, she, isn't your, she isn't your Kim Cattrall. She isn't your typical girl you might see in a teen comedy as the TNA. Mm. She's more like an Alison Hannigan in yeah. terms of uh, she can definitely hold a joke. Yeah. Um, she's quirkier, and uh, her enthusiasm in the big finale in the restaurant mm-hmm. really blows everything else that's happened off the screen. It's, yeah. it's still a very big and broad and not particularly pleasant performance, but she certainly sees it as her time to shine in a comedy film and there. she takes, takes the ball by the horn. Yes, she, she, it's a very daft performance, but one where you can tell that the actress cares more about trying, at least, to make an audience laugh yeah. than looking good or mm. being charming or whatever. Yeah, she, she's better than any of the boys in the film. By yeah. a country mile. Uh, well, that's it. <laughs> that's nice and easy done. Yeah. Um, oh, we're in agreement. You, you were going to no, say yeah, that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I would have said in the first half hour, I, would, I really would struggle. And then there was that nice scene you were talking about where she talks about how a girl gets a reputation. Yeah. And then she's the main character by the end, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, really enjoyable. Um, product placement. Who kicks some cash in to have their wares on show? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think anyone yeah. wants to be associated with a film that ends with a lot of middle-aged men's wrinkly welts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't think of anything that popped up well, though. You know, the kids don't have beers or Cokes or anything during it. Mm. Um, the, is her name Ballfecker or Balldecker? Ballbreaker. Oh, she's called Ballbreaker. I think it's meant to sound like Ballbreaker, so yeah. let's just call it Ballbreaker. The PD, she wears Converse, but I think that's just probably... Oh, yeah. That's accurate, what they had. Historically yeah. accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um... If you can make one, one change to Porky's Tea the next day to improve it, what would it be? I would bring the start of the actual plot up a little bit earlier. Mm. Maybe just rearrange things so that still have that graveyard thing, but embed it within an actual plot um, so that it feels like you're watching a film. 
I would kill off three of the boys and have it just being four boys and a girl. And then you might possibly care about all the main characters rather than just go, oh, now we've got this fucking Greek chorus of dickheads. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's um, sort of exemplified most obviously in that scene where they go to speak to the county commissioner or whatever he is, mm. the politician, and in his little office, they've got five of them seated in there <laughs> yeah. trying to cram as many people in as possible. It, it almost looks like his office is when you go to someone's house for Christmas dinner and they haven't really got enough dining chairs. <laughs> so, so someone's on a stool and someone's on like a little puff chair with a couple of yeah. cushions on it. <laughs> because there's no way he's had a situation where five people have been in that office. They'd go to a meeting room in the town hall mm. if they had six people to stay yeah. in. Um, right, well, this is an interesting question now mm. because I'm going to ask you where would you put James Spade in, in this film? And I would guess James Spade had possibly auditioned for a role in at least Porky's One. Do you think? I think he probably would have just been around the right age. That, yeah, he would have been around the right, right age. I mean, that is, that is the problem that everybody cast this is a lot older than they should be. There's a, there's a scene where they go to the carnival and they go in disguise to decide to wear moustaches to make themselves look older. Not, <laughs> <Yeah>. not necessarily. <laughs> really genuinely not necessary. You look fucking ancient. <laughs> look older than me. <laughs> uh, but which role would you cast James Spader in? Would it be... Well, James Spader is very good at being um, on the periphery of a, of a group... Yeah, the cool then, group at because he's so cool yeah. that he wouldn't even be part of a cool clique because mm-hmm. he's too cool for a clique. Mm. Are you, you thinking he might play the big dopey guy whose sister sucks or an his dick is? No, <laughs> but I know exactly which one of the boys I would have him as. He's actually got quite a lot of lines in it, but I have zero clue what his name is. He's the best looking one of them. He looks a bit like Jeffrey Coombs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for most people, that is a paradox, darling. He's really? the best looking one of them. He looks like. Reanimator. Yeah, Jeffrey <laughs> Coombs is good looking. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure his wife thinks so, or his lover. Jeffrey Coombs is probably gay. Oh, I do. Well, none of our business. Yeah, yeah, none yeah. of our business. Whoever he's with is a very lucky man or woman. Yeah, I would say um, he's super hot. But uh, <laughs> God bless you and your weird tastes. Oh, I know. He was in a film. <laughs> the not heart wants what the heart wants, darling. The film. I didn't like the film, but it was like um, one of those. Horrible, gory horror films. Um, whether it's like Truth or Dare or yeah, something like uh, that. Yeah, Would You Rather. Would You Rather, yes, that's it. Starring porn legend Sasha Gray. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, and the girl from Pitch Perfect, who's not Anna Kendrick. Sure. Yeah. Um, but he was in that, and he's, you know, he's, he's aged really well. So, um, why was it, I talking about Jeffrey Coombs? One of them looks oh, a bit like Jeffrey yeah. Coombs. Um, but he's got like a little scar as well, which makes him even better. Oh my God. Um, and he is kind of on the on the edge of the group of friends. He's not always in every scene, but I think he's he the one who's, the eye I think he's he the one who's generally quite nice when he's away from the lads. Okay, okay, maybe. You didn't notice that character, did you? Not really. They, he he's does slightly dark like a tan. I, I wouldn't, okay. I, can't, I really can't tell him. Anyway, that. this would be the James Spader character for me. He's sort of like a bit cooler than everyone else and better looking than everyone else. And he's not, he doesn't just get involved with all their bullshit. Yeah, that is, we were talking about the same character. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's much of a muchness to me. I think he's too good for the film. Oh, God, he is. Of I mean, I, is. I, yeah. I think you could, you could put Rob Lowe and Joe Spader in a film like this and it would still fucking overwhelm them. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Would you remake Porky's now? God, no. <laughs> what, what would you remake Porky's now but said it in the 80s? No. No? No. I mean... I or suppose... maybe Porky's the Netflix miniseries. Well, when it, this is different from Porky's. 
Porky's the first one is very much a film about boys trying to have sex. Yeah. Um, and there are other films like that. Mm. They've done that. Yeah, yeah. There's, since there's, then, there's and loads of films like that. Will continue to do films like that because that is what teenage boys want, and mm. they will get themselves into scrapes trying yeah. to trying to have sex. Yeah. But um, should they remake Porky's as as the film that Porky's is? Mm. Probably not. No. Because I mean, boy, boys, boys, times moved. I mean, in the eighties. Okay, so it's set in the fifties, but in the eighties, you you still would have had boy teenage boys going to brothels and yeah. and being allowed in, and and that's how boys would have lost their virginity. Really, can't see boys going to brothels now. Boys don't even leave the house anymore. So yeah. how are they gonna? How do they know where the brothel is? I've got a fun spin on it. Mm. A Porky's remake, but it's like Love Simon that is gay. So it's a group of gay lads trying to lose their virginity. Obviously, they could all just daisy chain themselves. So it's, it's a short film. In fact, like, I think that film's available. Okay. <laughs> um, I could see problems with this idea of yours. <laughs> I think there's there's maybe less of an issue with um, young boys going Looking to a, bro- a brothel and sleeping with some sort of ropey old prostitute. <laughs> I, I, that's less of an issue, perhaps, with with it um maybe maybe it's a bias i don't know but no, i'm trying to be young boys and down with the kids to, like the leather bar in cruising and getting involved with one of those oh, that'd be amazing four, four young lads going to the leather bar in cruising <laughs> <laughs> well their eyes will be open yes they would it wouldn't just be their eyes <laughs> we've got to stop mentioning cruising on the podcast yeah <laughs> even though it's fantastic it's not going to ever be on this podcast no it's too good too good, good a film yeah. too good a film um which brings us to our last question of this episode is Porky's Tea the Next Day worse or better than The Bad Boys? Yeah, I'm going to give you this one. It is worse than I Bad think Boys. it's possibly <laughs> one of the worst films we've watched doing this. Uh, it's probably as bad as Carry On England. If not, mm. worse. I don't think I could sit through this again. I could possibly bring myself to watch Carry On England again now that I've had a little bit of breathing room away from it. No, I disagree. Carry On, Carry on England makes my skin crawl. This didn't. Okay, right. Yeah. So, we are two episodes away from Holidays in Handcuff, our Christmas special, which means there's one episode in between, one film left to watch before we get to Christmas. Yeah. It is Freddy's Back, darling. Oh. A Nightmare on Elm Street, part five. Part five. Dream something. What did we watch last time? Six. Dream something. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Great. (laughs) I think this might be the one where he has a baby. I could right. be wrong. I think it might be the one where he has a baby. Well, if that not, would make sense given what happened If in not, six. he will either rap or he will have a baby and he'll rap. <laughs> oh. We're in this kind of era of Freddy. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you thought we'd have a carry-on sooner than we'd have a Freddy, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, you know, I'll break some... don't even like the first one that much. I can't believe it. The first one's brilliant. Now. It's fine. You might have to might have to give in your selector video card, darling. You're not willing to rent like Red Elm Street one. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're a long way away from that. <laughs> right, well, uh, thank you very much for listening, Hopefuls. Thank you for listening. A short episode. What do you want to do now? <laughs>